You're tuned into news across the galaxy where they talk all things LA Galaxy with the Nag Boys. Let's start nagging. Hey, hey. Hello, guys. Welcome to News Across the Galaxy, where we talk all things LA Galaxy. I'm Bryant. Uh, next to me, wait, wait, wait. I am Bryant. I'm not Eddie. You're not Eddie. I'm not Eddie, but I'm an Eddie seat. Of course, here uh, via remote, our good friend and great reporter, Edgar. Hello, Edgar. What's up, guys? On the ones and twos, Chuyaso. Hey, what up, what up? And a surprise appearance. Is this a surprise? Yeah, you haven't been here in a while, huh? Mm -hmm. That's twice in a week for me. <laughs> I think we're all surprised. Is your, is your mic on? All right. Yeah, should be. Should be on. I'm surprised. There you go. Yeah, there there you go. And right next to me is Spenny. Hello, can, Spenny. Can I be been? Adrian today? You want to be Adrian today? Yeah. What do you want? So you're, you're hardly here, so. I don't want to make more enemies to the Spenny name. <laughs> All right. Apparently, there's a Facebook Spenny and an Instagram Spenny. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. According to Alex, you there's, know, there's two of you. I there's a Spenny uh, Facebook guy <laughs> who apparently isn't very friendly. <laughs> oh, well, just Spider Man mean that shit. <laughs> we're we're hey, working which on Spenny uh, that I see on Thursday. Ah. I don't know why it's not coming through. Well, in the meanwhile, while you get that going, um, the last night, last night, your LA Galaxy played against Toronto FC in a dress rehearsal uh, before mm -hmm. the season opener. Um, it was on Apple TV. Finally, they let us watch a preseason match, which would have been a little bit more helpful if we saw the other ones <laughs> to maybe see <laughs> what the team is going to be putting on the pitch next weekend. Good. But um, aside from that, uh, yeah, they played. But first, before we get into the game, it's somebody's birthday. He's not here. Um, he's feeling a little under the weather. But Bernie, shout out actually, to Eddie. Uh, uh, happy he's birthday, trying Eddie. out for the part of um, Hellboy. Is that true? Uh, repeat that again. I, we still can't hear um, Edgar. Well, we'll get you going. But happy birthday, Eddie. Happy birthday, Eddie. Yeah, dude. Uh, it was on the 16th, but we were supposed to do something yesterday. But he started feeling a little a little off. And yeah, he's uh, he's not available tonight. But, you know, our thoughts are with you. And the celebration continues with your birthday, good sir. No, wah, wah, wah? I'll do it myself. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, I'm still working on this. Yeah, nah, we got you. But yeah, happy birthday, Eddie. Also... I don't know if you watched this, Fanny. Elimination Chamber was last night. I didn't. I was busy watching the LA Galaxy live in oh. person in the stadium. Oh, you were at the stadium? Yes, I was. Ah, perfect. <laughs> so we get to ask you questions later sure. on about this. But anyway, Elimination Chamber. It was actually a pretty good event. The Are you going to watch it later? Yeah. Oh, so no spoilers? I already know what happened. Ah. I right. told you it was going to happen. With the whole Sami Zayn not ended up winning. Of course not. But the thing is, the way they ended that chamber, match is pretty good. Everything. Did you think um, 
What's his name? Austin Theory was going to retain the title. Hey, how about that? How about like two months ago, you asked me what my ideal Wrestling. elimination chamber was. And yeah. the first thing I said was no Roman Reigns. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, got what? Four out of the six guys. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it would have been dope if uh, the ones you had said earlier, like Switchblade would have came over. Yeah. But Roman Reigns ain't built for no elimination chamber. He can't. He can't hang unless he comes out last. Which is lame. As the champion, you're gonna be the sixth person. But you have to do it like that way because he's the main guy right now. Uh, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, the first he's elimination chamber. No, 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 no. Sorry, Roman Reigns here, bro. Roman Reigns, <laughs> weakest run as a WWE champion. Why you gotta hate? This has been one of the best storylines we've seen in a while. So as, as a whole faction. As a faction, correct. He went from one faction to the next. Irrelevant in between. Succeeded in all of them. <laughs> hey, more power to him, man. I just... It's a pretty weak run. Pretty weak. He hasn't put anybody over like any great champ has. I mean, who are the two most decorated champions? John Cena and Ric Flair, right? Mm -hmm. You don't become a 16-time world champion if you don't put people over. The Rock has a losing record at WrestleMania, buddy. Yeah. The great one. Edgar, say something. Let me see if you've got your audio back. No. Sorry, this is feelings, huh? This is feelings, feelings not facts. No facts. Oh, yeah. So Roman Reigns. Everybody. Roman Reigns is the fucking shit. All right. <laughs> Roman Reigns, he is the shit. I don't know why you guys give him enough credit. I turned from right, hating them right, the most right, to right. actually liking what, what the whole bloodline is right now. You and don't him even give that. him credit. You just like him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> feelings, no facts. Yeah, Got it. It's just, it just the storyline is fucking great. <laughs> can't deny that. No, Edgar, we still can't hear you. He's asking on the chat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, let's get into some rumors then before we get into <laughs> into what. Um, Sorry, I just read Eddie's uh, comment. What is One more time, Edgar. <laughs> Roman can't get his car hello, over hello, a speed hello, bump. Hello, hello. <laughs> No, we can't get Edgar yet. It's <laughs> a good one. Can't get over a speed point? <laughs> anyway, let's get into some rumors before... Uh, while Chewy tries to get um, Edgar on here. So, from... Edgar, you can hear him on the, on the live. We just can't hear him here. Okay. All right, well, then let's get to the... You guys can hear me now? We'll be able to hear you from the speakers. Uh, we won't be able to hear you from the headphones. It says YouTube crowd says they can hear me on the feed. Yeah, that's what I just... Yeah, so you, we won't need the headphones right now, Spinny. So we can hear them. <laughs> one, you, one on, one off? One I like on, that. one off. I like your one style. On. All right, so then... It's Adrian to today. Schedule it's, programming. it's Adrian today, not Spinny. Oh, yes. Fucking Adrian. I forgot Adrian. Hey, Adrian, you were talking about like uh, the last champ that didn't put anybody over. Reminded me of... Uh, Roman's uh, run reminds me of the one Triple H had. Where he was just squashing everyone, especially that one time he destroyed uh, Triple uh, Booker T, and everybody was hoping Booker T would win. And you were hoping that where everybody Booker fucking T hated Triple H, man. That match that you're talking about was a snooze fest and not Triple H's fault. If you want to talk about putting people over, Triple H had uh, he started with the Click, went to DX, and Evolution is 
arguably the most decorated faction of all time. One, you though. had uh, Randy Orton, a 14-time world champion. Oh, no, Batista, no. six-time world champion. Ric Flair, 16-time world champion. So, Jeez. I mean, well, that was, you want to talk uh, about putting people on. over. I'm he started about, NXT. Like, <laughs> he, started NXT. he started NXT. He got, uh, he got Finn Balor to be the first... Universal um, champion. The first lightweight heavyweight universal champion of the world. Stupid he broke injury. the rules for Finn Ballard. So Stupid talk injury. about people putting people over. No, I'm talking about Triple H when he was he was with China. Way back when. Yeah, DX. Bro, no, this he was had, before DX. Him and The Rock had one of the greatest intercontinental rivalries of all time. And then uh Stone Cold Steve Austin was just mashing everybody. You're talking about an era where they went from Attitude Area to PG. Damn, Attitude Area. Oh, this is, this is before that. What? Yeah. He was there in a world was champion time before when that. Triple H was just destroying everyone, and everybody fucking hated him. He was always winning by DQ, by interference. Your, uh, your timeline is a little off there, buddy. Oh, was it when he was wearing pants? 99 is when he came up, but then Stoke Coast Steve Austin took over after the 316 until like 20. When we'll talk about this later, <laughs> <laughs> I can Santana. go. This on. is a news across the galaxy, Sorry. not news across the mat. I'm just, I'm surprised I'm here. <laughs> hey, no, no, here. I agree. Roman Reigns is pretty, uh, <laughs> you guys are just hating. He's cool. Let him get his money and just island of relevancy. Let's go. No more bloodline. The tribal chief. Anyway. Jay's going to be the new tribal chief. Fuck, I'd be so tight. Anyway, the LA Galaxy. Also, before playing in Toronto, they had a jersey unveiling launch thingy. Disaster. Disaster thingy. Uh, that's Ba-ba. not the word. Just <laughs> uh, Adrian, Adrian and Adrian and uh, Edgar were there. Uh, would you guys like to start off of... What was the uh, environment outside? The environment inside? Seeing fans' faces. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Edgar go on this because he got there on time. All I'm gonna say is, this is hands down, by far, the worst kit unveiling party or whatever you want to call it yeah. that the team has ever had. Damn. Yeah, I completely agree with him. Um, I was. Man, I I don't I had no idea what to expect. A lot of people were like, "Yeah, oh, you you know you how can you, how can you support this franchise when you you know we have such expectations?" I was like, "I had no expectations to be honest." Uh, earlier in the day, um, I was looking at my Twitter feed, and I was looking at what was going on in Charlotte. Uh, I followed the uh, one of the Charlotte podcasts out there, CLT uh, Fan TV, and they were giving us uh, footage from their jersey unveiling and. You know, they had this nice thing. We show up to their stadium. They had mood lighting in there because, like, the whole theme is, like, purple and pink, I think, this year. So they had, like, nice mood lighting in the stadium. They let you down on the field. There were players on the field who were there to talk to fans, sign autographs, you know, take photos. And then uh, once you got your shirt, you could go into, like, a VIP area of the stadium, and they had champagne there for all the fans if you wanted to have, you know, champagne and sit there and just chat, whatever. So I was like, wow, this is really nice. This is an expansion team doing this. You know, what about the, you know, the, the, the five, 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 five time, you know, MLS Cup champs, you know. Um, to us, the they sent all-time us to, winning franchise, right? Yeah, they sent us to, and I was, I was telling you guys, they sent us to an area of L.A. that's one of the grittiest areas of L.A., just a few blocks removed from, um, from Skid Row. 
Uh, and yes, they could say, oh, you know, it has the same amount of uh, metro stations, uh, you know, as uh, LA Live. But dude, when I get out of the out of that hill metro station, I'm looking around to see if I don't get rushed. And I grew up in South Central, so I was like, man, you know, this, this place is kind of gritty. Um, anyway, I get there. Uh, for some reason, I was a fifth person in line. I was I was kind of shocked. I was like, oh. No, usually G's line up for this thing, but obviously with the, the current state of things, uh, there weren't that many people. Uh, there was a kid to my right <laughs> who just, who lived near nearby, and he happened to be uh, there for Chicharito, and surprise, surprise, he's a Leva. <laughs> and, um, and then to my left were other Galaxy fans, and one guy was there with his kids. Uh, he's a fairly new Galaxy fan, and he was really looking forward to for his kids to meet uh, you know, the players and take photos with them. So there was that, there was that. Right. Um, and then other, some of the people that we know showed up, I saw Linda Pickle, who, who, who uh, she's, you know, she's, yeah, she's older now and she, she couldn't really wait in line. So she was kind of sitting on the curve there. I, I felt like, man, that's pretty messed up. You're making your fans literally sit on the curve. Uh, but little by little, we started seeing uh, some Galaxy staff showing up. Uh, Cosmo came by, who's you know trying to cheer people up. There were so few people in line that Joe Dutino showed up and shook everybody's hand and thanked them for showing up. Uh, and it was finally time to go in. Uh, you went in and there was like no real pomp or circumstance. There was a, a few photos uh, uh, showing some players and some some models, you know, with the with the jersey. You walk into the theater. Um, by the way, this theater is really old. It's 125 years old. Uh, they're saying how Charlie Chaplin uh, was the first performer there. So this place has a lot of history. I remember going to movie, that theater when I was a kid, and my uncle would take us there in the summer to watch movies. So it's been a while since I've been there. But uh, the interior is beautiful, Art Deco styling. But you really couldn't tell because it was so fucking dark in there. It was dark. Um, so, that you know, I was one of the first people there, so they let us to the front. And we waited and waited and waited. Finally, Joe came out and the whole thing started. And people asked me uh, later on what it felt like. Uh, my, my lasting impression was it reminded me of like a high school play, you know, where, where there's like the spotlights, don't, you know, don't shine on the right people. Uh, there's people, you can hear people coughing in the crowd. You can hear some people chattering. You could see Cosmo peeking out from behind one of the curtains there in one of the interviews. Uh, it, it was just so unprofessional uh, and so badly run. Uh, and I feel I feel kind of bad saying that because I know there's a lot of people that work behind the scenes to make these things happen. You know, people that that really care about the team that have nothing to do with the protests or anything like that. But somebody, somebody planned this and somebody was supposed to be held accountable for this. And then at the end, after... Well, it was kind of like one of those cringiest things I have seen in a while, uh, despite the great J Joe Zutino, who did his best to carry the whole thing, despite, you know, Cosmo trying to be funny and trying to dance with kids, and despite having you know, this nice jersey there and having all the players actually on stage, even potential player, Tyler Boyd, it still didn't matter. At the end, it, it was just felt so flat, so sad uh and the worst part was that after the players were brought on stage uh they left the stage and then nobody said anything uh a few people from the media went up on stage to talk to ricky Pooj, and everybody in the front is like 
is it over what's what's going on uh where are we supposed to go upstage are the players coming down what's going on I, I approached Joe Totino. I asked him, and he said he didn't know what was going on. He left to go out find out. Uh, then I saw Adam Serrano, and I asked him what's going on. He said he didn't know what was going on. and But then he said the players left already. And I was like, what? Weren't, weren't they supposed to be available for, like, autographs and, you know, photos? I mean, so some of these people here were waiting, you know, for a long time. And he's like, well, it's just Ricky and Julie. I mean, I mean Jalen here, if you guys want to try to wave them down, but there's no, you know, there's no guarantee they'll come down. And at that point, the the people in the crowd started to realize that all of that wasn't going to happen. And then everybody just slowly, slowly just trickled out of that dark, sad place. Uh, and then they went out to the right into the Grand Central Market to get their shirts. Uh, which uh, you could get from the basement of the Grand Central Market. And I was telling the guys that, you know, in the past, uh, there was lines, right, to get the New Jersey. I remember for the, for the, the, for the last one that we had at the Novo, the, there, you know, there was a long line for that. And then I thought, wow, I'm going to have to wait in a long line. When I finally went in there, there were like 10 people that had, like, you know, they were selling the jersey, and I just walked up to the first one that was open. Uh, here to buy my shirt. Like, yeah, here you go, you know. Thank you. Bye. And I walked out and I was like, wow, that was it. That was it. And then there was a bunch of other people that had shown up to to uh, to protest. And they were they were sitting there in Grand Central Market eating, having drinks and mingling. And everybody was just chatting. But it, it was just so strange. It, it was it was a sad, very sad event. Uh, I saw Spenny there. I mean, I waved him down. We, we said hi. We talked for a bit. Um, but. I don't know. There, there's, there's such, there's such a, there's such a disconnect with what's going on here. Who the hell do you blame for this? Uh, you can't say it's Chris Klein. No. I mean, there's got to be somebody else because, yeah, I don't, I don't think Chris Klein, you know, gave the order like, oh, yeah, make it as cheap as possible, you know, cut corners and, you know, and and try to make it as, as like a really this deplorable event. But in the end, I don't know. I don't know. I, I felt, I felt really sad. It, it just. It had all a feeling of like a funeral kind of sort of, um, and you think about how things are right now. You know, the team's getting buried. I wouldn't say all that. Uh, I have a little a bit different anyway, perspective. That's just me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to Spenny because he has a different point of view. So let's hear what you have to say. I um, <laughs> I see what they try to do, but it missed a mark by far, and I don't think that the person that had the ideal or the the final say. I don't think they're an L.A. native. Mm. If they were and they picked that spot, they wouldn't have started at six. Knowing the traffic. Knowing it's in the middle of downtown is, L.A. Yeah, how hard it is to get in there. There's a bunch of one-way streets. Yeah. I mean, anybody in the chat, anybody that listens to us, you could put me blindfolded in downtown L.A. And I'll probably find my way around myself. Mm-hmm. But... For somebody that's not familiar with the area, during rush hour, I mean, you get off at what, 5, 5.30, 6, you're not making it there on time, you yeah. know? I left I left my job like at five, like a 5.20, 5.15, and I didn't get there till 6 on the dot, but I had to find parking. Yeah. So by the time I got inside, somebody was already talking with Joe, and then Chicharito came on. Chicharito spoke maybe five minutes they did the video everybody came out and it was over 
the whole event was less than <coughs> 25 minutes, 30 minutes. What would you say, Edgar? Yeah. It was, it was like done by like 630 minutes at the most. I'll give you 645. And Damn. that's it. That was the event. That doesn't even sound worth it to drive. No, exactly. No photo ops, no decoration. It was just like scan in, go sit down. Oh, and the DJ. But I mean, hey, Mr. DJ. Compared to <laughs> to the Novo, compared to Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. there yeah. was nothing. It was scan in, go sit down. Okay, event's yeah, over. It, it was it was so sad. I like I guess I compared to the Noble, the Noble felt like very glitzy. It felt like something that worthy of the team. This felt like by far, yeah. Like they just got thrown to the curb or something. I'm uh, telling you, I'm telling you, bro, there was nothing. There was no signs that said LA Galaxy. There was no you know, they at least bring the Adidas made wings. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, our teammate uh on Sundays, well early today that we played earlier. Uh, shout out to Tony. He said the same thing, basically. <coughs> and from with the information that he gathered on the players not being able to come out is that the guy that does the player relations, uh, he flaked or something like that. So he but just like didn't take charge of setting everybody up to meet with the people. What do you mean he flaked? That was the information he gave me. Not sure what the specifics are, are on that, but... It's just the disconnect, like you said. It's that's sad, dude. And they had they had a good concept. So one thing that they did is they had like a pop up shop mm-hmm. right next to the theater, yeah. and then that was cool. All new merch, nothing from last year. Not even the white jersey. It was all new merch. Mm-hmm. Some was good. I laughed at one thing that said something about our vision for the future. And in my head, I was like, what vision? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, they rented out multiple spots inside of uh, Grand Central Market. They rented out one spot with a big marquee LA Galaxy kit. You were able to buy your jersey and get your number or get it customized. Um, To touch on what Edgar said, uh... Yeah, it was kind of empty, but they also had like 18, 20 lines of where to buy jerseys. When you go to the Noble or to Oktoberfest, it was like maybe six lines. Yeah. So it was a lot more tables for you to be able to buy the jersey. They had the jersey for you to be able to touch. They had people that weren't knowledgeable of the jersey, which is what kind of pissed me off. Mm -hmm. Because I went in, I saw the jersey, and right away, I started looking at the collar. I started looking behind the crest. I started looking in the inside bottom corner. All the places where they've put, you know, the secret messages that some people that are fans don't even know about, right? Like the, this is LA of one year or stuff like that. Or the the saying that they had behind the crest a couple Mm -hmm. times. So I'm asking the guy, like, oh, you guys don't have any secret message this year? And he didn't know what I was talking about. He tried <laughs> to convince me that they never did that before. And I walked away. <laughs> this dude really tried to convince me, like, oh, no, the LA Galaxy doesn't do anything like that. It's just kind of like what you see. And in my head, I'm like, I got a closet full of <laughs> jerseys. You know, have you know? a significant so, behind the design that they had. They did, they did miss the mark with all that. It just did not feel like a party. It didn't feel like an event. I don't know. It felt like... Have you ever gone to, like, your niece or nephew's recital? 
That's what I said. It was just like kind of unorganized. Like, oh, the fifth graders are coming up. All right. That was the fifth graders. Everybody get out. <laughs> Shoe fly, don't bother me. <laughs> yeah, it just, they missed the mark completely. It was, it was bad. One thing I will say, though, is, I don't know, Edgar, what do you think? I would say one out of five people had the new jersey from the event. One out of five. I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a gorgeous jersey. I can't yeah. lie. Edgar has it on. It's fucking gorgeous. I like it. Compared yeah, to other uh, years yeah, yeah, where no, we've gone to bigger events, I didn't see as many jerseys as some past events. Mm. So yeah, in, in past events, you see everybody rocking the new shirt. And this one, it was just one out of five people, whether it was because uh, it was really expensive, More which expensive. it was. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to say, you know, I put some money aside for it. And I, I was kind of you know ready for that because I, I had heard. I didn't know how much it was. Um, I actually started hearing from fans from around the league. Uh, saying, holy crap, you know, I went to go get my shirt at the kit launch party and it was expensive. They all, uh, some people said it was anywhere from 170 to 190. Somebody said it was 200. And I was like, holy crap, Fuck. that's expensive. Well, pretty much. Um, about 190 then, uh, with tax, no number. Yeah. If you're a season ticket holder, you, you know, obviously you, you get that discount and it helps. But if you're not and, you know, you're just a very dedicated fan and you want to go in there, get ready to pay, you know, the golden price <laughs> that is expensive man um but uh in the end i mean the, the, my, my final thoughts on it were is this beautiful you know movie theater which has seen better days joe Tatino, who's a consummate professional you know cosmo who you know we all love and you know like you know we love so much as you know a symbol of the team and the players and this jersey, they were not, they did not deserve any of this. The team could have done a lot better. Uh, I said that uh, Joe Totino was kind of left, left hanging out, you know, hanging out there on his own pretty much. And, but because he's such a great professional, he's able to compose himself and carry himself like only he can do. But despite you know, all you that, know what would have been it's not enough. You know, maybe like, I think 2019, the season <laughs> opener, they had like a mini event where the ACB area is and they had like a DJ and the some players came on that small little stage. Yeah. You remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, oh, yeah. That yeah. Jonah been, was handing out beer? Yes. Yeah. That would have been a hundred times better. Yeah, because the players, they were at, there was music. The players were out there to, to mingle with fans. They were taking photos um it was it was very it was a lot of fun um, even even if they didn't take pictures the fact that the kids and the fans would have been able to be that close to the players yeah it would have made the event so much better with this event you were so far there was no connection besides the yeah. wave there was no interaction yeah it was like the players were like all right i'm here <laughs> Because I have to, so I don't get fined. <laughs> so I don't get fined. All right, that's it. <laughs> that's the, one, one of the things that I that I don't understand a lot of the times Galaxy does, or I don't know, but we have a big-ass stadium with a lot of space. We like, yeah. use it for events. It, free parking, you know, a lot of people already go to that stadium. You know how to get there. It's easy to get to, no problem. But then you make shit downtown. Even when they did it at the when they did that movie at the Microsoft or whatever the fuck it was, 
They did it. In, they did it next to the stables. It's like, dude, you still have to pay for parking. Go to downtown. You know, every time they do an event like this, like you inconvenience a lot of people. You it's have the city of an LA. area where to do it, bro. It's we a, have the stadium. The city of the lake, bro. We have a club upstairs <laughs> in the stadium, right? Yeah. We have a lot of space. Um, you could do a lot. We have a he, big ass screen where you can show off a lot of things. Chewie has a point. Yeah, bro. Just, and it's cheaper. Oh, no, he definitely has a point. It's but cheaper. I, I you think already have for your the stadium. Whole, they're going for that whole city of LA thing. I, I'm surprised they didn't have this at the kiosk at Plaza Olvera, man. Imagine that. <laughs> that might have been pretty cool, too. You could have had a lot of people in mariachi. You know, it's still green. Bro, You're right. You, you know, could do a lot more. Burro, than, right? <laughs> you could have done a lot more. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, you could have just I'm walked over from uh, from Union Station. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm sad to hear that though. I, I was I'm surprised, man. The, you know, it's it's. Uh, I, I wonder what the reaction across the league is going to be once word gets out. Because right now, you know, we're still spreading word among ourselves, right? Galaxy yeah. fans, we're all shaking our heads, like, "Damn, really? This is this what they did to us?" But once word starts getting get around the league to other you know other teams and other fan bases, they're gonna look at us and just start laughing or pointing their fingers and cringing because some wow, already what? do. Some already <laughs> some do. do. I mean, can't even blame them. All right, well let's get to some galaxy stuff. There's some rumors going around. A young twenty year old right back from Brazil being rumored oh, yeah. to come to the galaxy. An old left back Brazilian rumors to come to the galaxy, <laughs> which. Ew. Sounds like a Klein move. And then a trialist uh, that is close to sign with the Galaxy. Uh, Vanny talked about it, so let's hear what he said real quick. contact with the 20 year old uh, Brazilian I've seen reports that it's a loan deal to buy um, I'm guessing that will play into the under 22 initiative if I'm correct yeah which means um, they would need more about the player if you want go ahead oh uh, yeah sorry um just so just to get just so we know who we're talking about his name is uh, Lucas Caligari uh just just goes by Caligari like you know Brazilian <laughs> eh, that's her thing uh, he's a right back who spent um, most of it, you know, his entire career actually with Fluminense. Uh, he um, he joined their youth academy when he was 12 years old, and he's been with them since then. He signed his first contract uh, with Fluminense in 2019 and made his debut with them uh, in August 22nd of 2020. Um, there's a Galaxy fan on, on Twitter who lives in Brazil, and he's very knowledgeable about, uh, you know, the league down there and when he started talking about uh, when we, we started talking about this guy he he was very excited he said wow this kid is really good he's one of the cornerstones of this team uh and they they would it would hurt them a lot if they were to you know to lose him but if he came to the galaxy he would be a very fitting replacement uh for julian araujo so 
hearing him hearing him say that, I was like, wow, you know, this is this is the best news we could hear because uh, here we are losing uh, arguably the best right back in MLS. But if you got somebody who's young uh, and can not just come in and fill in for him, but tick a lot of other boxes that would help the team in other facets, that's a big plus. Hopefully it works out. Yeah, of course. Dude, we need depth. We are very thin in depth. Yesterday we had Leardom start, and that's the only right back we have. You could use Kalabali in that space, but that's not his spot, right? We're going to need a pacey wingback to play whatever Vanny's trying to play with. So if he's able to come and give us half of what Julian does, then I'm all for it. What do you think, Smitty? I I don't mind the age. It's not an issue for me. I think you might want somebody younger with the legs under them to play in the style that that Vanny wants to play in. I'm more curious of his contract. Yeah. And how are they going to sign him? It has to be a loan deal. And it has to be a loan deal. So they can keep their options open for the third DP. Yeah. And to clear up, because you guys got it wrong the last two weeks. A ver. If you do not have a senior third DP, you can have three U22 initiative players. If you sign your third or one of your three DPs, is a young DP, you can have three U22 players. Does That's the rule. All right. Well, so, you know the MLS Monopoly rules. But nobody gets them. But if you do pay for this kid now, mm-hmm. then you have to put them in a U22 contract. Yeah. And yeah. if your third DP is not going to be a senior DP or is going to be a senior DP, then Joe Village or, or Efra... Don't qualify for the roster anymore. And you have So by this kid being a loan deal, you don't have to pay a fee, which doesn't trigger the young DP or the DP slot. So that's why I'm curious of what contract he's going to get. Because my thoughts are that now that they move Julian, Efra's next. Yeah. Efra should be next to be moved. You sign the 20-year-old maybe to a TAM deal, and you keep Jovalich on a U22 contract so you can sign that third senior DP. Y'all caught that? that? Yeah, and that'd be amazing. Well, one of my main—this is a plus. Right now, the Ailey Galaxy were able to send one of their best players to a super club, Barcelona. A lot of teams in the world— who want to be seen, a lot of players are going to look at that and be like, hey, maybe I could go over there, showcase my talent, and maybe they'll be able to send me to teams like Barcelona. I think this, whatever this transaction is going on with this young 20-year-old Brazilian who apparently is solid for Fluminense, if we get some more of those talks with other players that we can bring in, I mean, that's a great, great start, right? So let me let me touch on it again because... Logan Jones, pretty knowledgeable, and he's saying that um, Corner of the Galaxy says that three senior DPs, you can only have 122. Yes, yes, that's what I just said. If you have three seniors, you can only have one U22. 
if you have one DP slot open, you can have three U22s. If you have a young DP, you can have three U22s. Does that make sense? No? Check. <laughs> Check, please. Yes, that makes um, sense. One other thing, too, that I haven't seen or heard people talk about is Julian Sale. So another thing about the U22 initiative is if you were to sell, let's say, Chicha, right? Mm-hmm. Theoretically, let's say you sell Chicha to Chivas for $6 million transfer fee. You can only use one point something of that for actual player acquisition. Mm-hmm. The rest can go into operations and then shared revenue with the league, right? Mm-hmm. When you sell a U22 player, you get to use the full amount to sign somebody. So Julian's transfer to Barcelona opens up an extra $4 million in cap to sell or to buy another DP now, which helps since they had to pay a million dollars. Yeah, the fines and all that. So that's a <laughs> yeah. big thing, too, that I don't think people are pointing out. Yeah, Julian well, is going to help us out in more way than one by leaving. Yeah. Um, oh, and not just that, uh, which is me getting to my next thing. Uh, Julian. Oh, well, first let's talk about that Marcelo thing. Why? Why <laughs> did I even? Wh- who popped that rumor up? Because I don't. At first, I was like, I guess we could use depth, but then he's an aging Brazilian. We already have one who can't even last ninety minutes in the match. We're gonna want another one. This just seems like another. Let's put butts in the seats type signing. You do it. You do it. With a Marcelo, if that was an actual thing, I mean, Vanny just said that it's not. But let's say in a week from now, because the transfer whistle doesn't close till April 24th, I believe. If you're able to, you would consider bringing him an aging 34 wingback to the Galaxy. Is that a death piece? It's a death piece that could potentially take the starting role from a guy that's been playing the position for 16 months. Raheem Edwards. Raheem Edwards being a natural left wing Mm -hmm. gets you more options with Marcelo as the one or two. Yeah. And then, of course, the other guy, Roselle, uh, he used to be in Kansas City. I guess he was a trialist for the LA Galaxy, and I guess they won him. I didn't see much in this last game from him, but I guess he's just another death piece. Another player that was not mentioned by Vanny is the Tyler Boyd. Uh, I know he's probably waiting for his international whatever thing, the ITC thing. Um, and he has been playing with the LA Galaxy. Oh, he's so, I'm not, so I'm not even sure if they're allowed to mention him because he hasn't, he doesn't have the paperwork or anything like that. But that's another person, you know, that you add depth on the wing. And there's something that we desperately need on this team. Yeah, bro. He's... We'll He's talk nice. about it right now. Um, but speaking of Julian, he did have a message for all LA Galaxy fans. Um, the LA Galaxy put it out. And let me give it to you guys now. Jeez. Oh, my God. Never thought I had to make a video like this. But today's the, the start of a new, of a new chapter in my career. And uh, before I turn that chapter... I wouldn't have been able to do this without you guys, and I'm so proud to be a part of such a beautiful organization. Um, I love y'all. I'm going to miss y'all. Thank you so much for the unconditional love 
through the good and the bad. Um, I will continue to cheer you guys on from afar. Uh, can't wait to see you guys get that sixth championship, and I wish you guys nothing but the best. I love y'all. I miss y'all. Once a G, always a G. Let's go. Damn, I miss him already, bro. We can't. We don't have like a crying thingy over there, Chewy. <laughs> yeah, listening to listening to Julian there. It's that's 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 the voice of a guy who's like. I move. I'm in a whole different stage in my life now. Uh, yeah. Thanks, guys, for the memories. But here I go. And not, and I love this for him, dude. Well he's deserved. yeah, he's worked hard. He want he is an original from the academy, right? Uh, from Arizona, he came over yeah. here from Arizona. Yeah, right. He was, he was in Arizona, the, Barcelona the, academy. The Barcelona academy in yes. Arizona. Um, he's a home home local kid. He's from Montpac. Uh, we got to see him grow in his career. <clears throat> we got to yell. On this show, that he should have been benching Rolf Felcher for the longest, and now to see him accomplish his dream—that's that's pretty cool, man. Let's let's not forget that um, the LA Galaxy signed him to a regular contract. They couldn't sign him to a homegrown contract, yeah. And they just said, "Fuck it, let's just pay him and get him on the first team now." Yeah, good let's for them. That because yeah, he's he's been our guy. He was our assist leader last year. Yeah, our <laughs> assist leader. <laughs> and now there's room for the next Julian Araujo to set Ben and Jalen Neal. So we'll see how that happens. <laughs> He's hey, actually Spade. from the our, our academy. So right now, the longest tenured player is Efrain Alvarez. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's something. Speaking of Efra, the LA Galaxy did take on <laughs> Toronto FC last <laughs> night at Dignity Health Sports Park. Uh, See that <laughs> Was it? <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Did they put the lineup out? Yeah, right. I think they went with their usual four three three. Of course, at goal number one, Jonathan Bond. At your right back, you had Leardom. Your center backs was the pairing of Jalen Neal and Mavinga. And, of course, out left, uh, Raheem Edwards. The trio, and to me, could be the potential best trio in the center midfield in all of MLS. You have Delgado, Brugman, and Ricky Puj. Up top, you have your forward, Jovulic. And out wide, you have Efrain Alvarez and Memo Rodriguez. Rodriguez. As soon as this lineup came out, what were you guys thinking? And this put out there, uh, Toronto put out their actual squad. They had their A squad in there. So there, it wasn't like, oh, it was the Suds versus whatever we had. They actually put their squad on. Bernadeschi played. Um, Insigne played. Uh, Delgado. I mean, um, not Delgado. Bro. Osorio played. Uh, Bradley played. Mark Anthony K played. So they came out, you know, ready to play because next week is the, is the season opener. So what you got for me, Svenny? You were there. Bernadeschi. Wow. I'm going to say that. Um, the team looked really good. I When I saw the lineup, they lined it up funny. And with the people that were out there, I seriously thought they were going to do some sort of 3-5-2 or 5-3-2. Mm-hmm. But it was a 4-3-3. 
I texted you guys when I was there. The first 10 minutes, I thought it was a 4-2-2 because <laughs> Efra was impressing high. He was yeah. just kind of sitting in the middle of the field. But they look good. What I will say is that the team looks far more advanced than they did at this point last season. The connections, the one-twos, the timing with the people that were here last year is still there. Mm-hmm. They're not missing a step. Memo Rodriguez, he is not going to impress you off of this performance, but he did his job. And you can tell he does not have the timing down, but he knows what he's supposed to do. And the biggest thing that I liked from his movement was when Ricky Bush pushed up, even though he was playing that far left wing, he still dropped into that position. One thing that Raheem Edwards does a lot is he gets inside the 18-yard box when the ball's on the opposite side of the field, mm-hmm. and Memo covered that whole wing well by himself. Yeah, For somebody that's not known for speed, that was really impressive from him. Well, it's just those type of players that know how to be in the right spaces and know how to take them spaces and at the right time. The To me, I think the first half was the better tell of what this team looks like uh, heading into next weekend. Of course, we're not going to have Tyler Boyd or that Brazilian right wing back yet. But for what we have now, I was I was actually impressed. Uh, one with Memo. Um, I To me, it seems like he's another Marky Delgado sign. Uh, not flashy, but knows his role and knows his work rate, and knows what the team is going to ask for him. Um, He's going to be a game changer for us. I think so, too. And bringing in another a CM with the Roselle that Vanny spoke about, I think that's going to give the freedom for Memo to play out wide. I know he said he's played in the middle before, but since we're lacking wing depth pieces, I think Memo's going to get it, get his run here, mostly on the wing, which I don't mind. Uh, I think early in the game, he had chipped in the pass to Efra, where he first signed it and the goalie got big on him. That is impressive on his own. Uh, which my, is something you want to see from your wingers. My idea for Memo, he's just going to be a Swiss Army knife for us in the midfield and up. Yeah. Not defensively at all. I don't think he can drop down and play a line of five. Mm-hmm. But he's a player that you can push up, let him play offensively, and bring him back down to help protect the lead. Yeah. So in those games where you might have to take Delgado out or take Brugman out, you can still play offensive with him. And once you have the lead or tie the game, you can park the bus with him. Yeah. Because Houston used them stupidly in the back. Like they made him play defensively when the kid is obviously an offensive minded player. Yeah. And if I'm wrong, fuck, then he's just that good then. <laughs> <Cause> <laughs> yeah. Another thing that was. Uh Oh, oh my bad, Edgar. How, how did you see those uh, that lineup? Oh, we were watching the elimination chamber. <laughs> oh yeah, we were watching both. <laughs> we we were both. we had both screens on, and the guy uh, I was drinking and eating pizza, and uh, but <laughs> I don't want to digress too much. Uh, no, I, I was um, one of the things I was concerned about with the team, and uh, I've always been concerned about the team is our defense. Uh, especially now, uh, since we have uh, a young Jalen Neal stepping in. And seeing him back in the lineup um, makes me feel good because 
So we've heard uh, Vanny say, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and then things maybe don't have to work out the way they're supposed to. But it seems that he's really getting back uh, behind Jalen Neal, especially after the way he's been showing up for the U.S. national team, uh, you know, the youth squads and uh, seeing Jalen back there, learning, getting better uh, day by day, and hopefully growing into one of the, the vital pieces for this team's defense as the season unfolds is something that I think is worthy of looking at. Um, and I know, I know at one point uh, somebody asked, uh, you, know, or, you know, in our group was like, Hey, uh, is Jalen Neal in the game? And I'm like, you know, that's a good, it's a good thing that you say that because, you know, I still stand by that whole thing where uh, if you don't notice, you know, if you don't ever like notice a defender when you're watching a game, that means he's doing his job. You know, it's uh, usually when you like call out some defender, like "God damn it, Sega," or you know, or "Damn it, Siani," then you know somebody's not doing their job. But mm-hmm. uh, Jalen seems to be learning and he's doing well. Um, and that was one of my biggest concerns. And then well, the other concern is, of course, uh, the whole thing with Yovelich, uh, because uh, teachers not there, so we're like, okay, can we count on him? Can we count on him to come in and do all ninety minutes? And you guys know, I'm, I you know, I love Dayon and I want to see him do great. But he hasn't scored. And then people start to raise questions like, what's going on? Um, and this is this was an opportunity against TFC to prove that he can come in and be uh, an influence on the team, like a very powerful influence. But um, like I said, I, we, you know, we were busy watching one thing and the other. Uh, Spenny, you, you were actually there. Was there something about his position, was there something about stuff he was doing off the ball that he wasn't able to get touches? Because I, I, one of the things I heard afterwards was that he didn't really get to touch the ball much. He had a, he was 1v3 most of the game. So they were his just shadowing runs, him? And yeah, his runs him. were being covered well. Uh, their center defensive mid was dropping right in front of him to stop uh, Ricky Puig from invading that mm-hmm. part of the field. They wanted mm-hmm. to keep him outside of the 18, maybe around the 25-yard line, which is why you saw Ricky Puj switching the ball over so much because he couldn't penetrate. They had, like, mm-hmm. uh, two defensive mids that would just sit in front of the half circle in front of the 18-yard box. So Dejan is a good So you ball. pretty much had Dejan in the box, and we all know Efra's not going to make a deep run, mm-hmm. and Memo is still getting acclimated to what Dejan can do. Yeah. Right? So... It didn't. It didn't look like he was being involved. His work rate was still there, though. He was still asking for the ball in certain places, still making his runs. It's just it was one v three, one v four. It was. It should never have gotten there. So okay, do you guys think that's a plus then? Because he demands so much attention to what he can do inside the box. Yeah, bro. Toronto dared. <laughs> Somebody else to beat them. And they did. They prepared for Chicha, and they said, all right, we're going to lock down your forward. I dare for the rest of your team to score. And that's exactly what Efra did. And notice, even unintentionally, what I just said, right? Efra wasn't making those diagonal runs across the box. How did he score? Diagonal across the box. And Ricky Poos found him on that one. And let's give credit to that goal that Efra scored. Um, something we haven't really seen them do, like you just mentioned. And even the finish, calm, cool, collective. Uh, Our post. 
he's been on record saying that he wants this year to be his year, that it has to be his year. He's also been on record saying that he got a nutritionist to help him out with his fitness. And it's something that you want to hear from your player who wants to make that jump. He already seen his peer get sold to one of the biggest clubs in Europe and Barcelona. Of course, he wants to be next, right? So, of course, he's going to put that extra effort in to try to get his fitness right and try to get everything in his diet right and have that year that we've been waiting for for the, what, past five seasons? I wonder if he's at a point right now where he's got he's suffering from FOMO, you know, fear of missing out, especially mm-hmm. since uh, him and Julian were always, you know, we were always talking about, you know, how, you know, one goes and then the other goes, especially during the summer. And now Julian really is gone. And so uh, after I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> I missed the train. Um, um, time to get my ass out of here. And what have we been saying? You know, he needs something to light a fire under his ass. Whether, whether that means moving out of here or whether it means like a bigger challenge, whether it's seeing one of his peers, like he said, actually do something that they've been talking about for so long. And it really happens. And he goes to this big, big club. Hey, Infra, this is your opportunity. Show up. You know, we've been talking about this forever. And even with, you know, whether you think that Slatan was taking the piss or he's actually was you know, being truthful and saying that Efra was a fantastic player. Well, it's time to show up or shut up, man. Uh, this is it. How many more opportunities is he going to get? Yeah, and now he's going to have the perfect opportunity where the team is lacking uh, certain death pieces. He's going to get a go at it. And what a perfect opportunity. And what a benefit it would be for us if he did become the player that we were hoping him for him to be. I don't think you still so. don't see it, right? A lot of people are naysayers, but I mean, now we got to hope <laughs> with the lack of depth that we have in that wing. What I'm hoping happens is that he just sees the level of competition and actually rises up to the challenge. Because with Memo playing wide, hopefully Diego Costa playing like he did the last eight weeks of the season, Tyler Boyd shouldn't be coming off the field unless he's Douglas injured. Costa. Huh? Douglas. You said Diego? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, with Tyler Boyd too, I don't see Tyler Boyd coming off the field unless he has a knock or you know, yeah, some sort of yellow card accumulation. Mm-hmm. Once he gets in the same mindset on the same page with his team, ouch. No, oh, he looks nice. Yeah, bro, he looked nice. Um, another thing though, he just same thing as Memo. He just. He knows what to do, how to do it. It's just he doesn't know how to fit that into the team yet. Solid role players. Would you say like a um, like a Baggio or a fucking uh, no? Ishizaki I would say type? like yeah. I would say like an Easy Saki and a slower Husinich? Alessandrini. Husinich? <laughs> oh, let's no, not Husinich. He's faster. He's above average on speed. Yeah, decent size. He's bigger than he's bigger than. We, I would say he's like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, solid back and forth, high press. Hey, but if you could get a Nishizaki coming back, I mean, Fuck. <laughs> we miss that guy. And yeah, uh, another standout, uh, of course, the trio in the midfield. Uh, I, love how these, I love how these guys press. I love how they could recover the ball so quickly and how they are so connected to each other. Something we haven't seen in a while. Uh, Dogs, Brug- bro. Dogs. Brugman, 
beautiful in that CDM. Then Dogs. you have the Goddard just helping out, and then Pooh's as small as you see him, dude, in the first two minutes, already sliding everywhere, <laughs> having his jersey dirty as shit. I love that. For the comment section, the little apple hit it right on the mark. But he's like another fucking Katai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Minus the height, because Katai was like, uh, like 510 that was a tall ass number seven yeah but yeah Tyler See, uh, boy is six feet god damn <laughs> adjust him glasses, he didn't look bro. that big but he did play big you know, that's that's one of the concerns that I have for Jalen Neal alright let's talk about the defense then um, Jalen Neal looked decent I don't think <clears throat> he's an MLS starter yet Hmm. And my biggest criticism of him is he's not aggressive enough. You think that has to do because of the age he's at? I think it has to do with the lack of size on the team. Hmm. I don't think there's anybody showing him how to play big. Because he's a big kid. He's going to get bigger. He has not manned up, you know? He's still a teenager, and he's one of the biggest players on the team. Yeah, I don't think Kulabali's that much bigger than him to show him how to play big, you know, to show him how to play as aggressive as the defensive mids in front of him. I mean, you also have players like Martin Cáceres could show him could show him how to be savvy without having that that size too. Well, one thing that we do like about Jalen though is that he's very patient passing out from the yeah. back, and I, in this game, you know. It was just, we saw the same thing. Um, do you think he'd be better off paired up with an actual starter like Martin Cáceres? Because uh, no, not yet. My great uh, tweeted this out. Uh, Vanny points out that Jalen Neal has received significant minutes this preseason by design, as that he's ready to play at <coughs> MLS level. The Did good thing about side? him getting time now is that we're gonna have fifty plus games. Because of the tournaments that we're gonna have this whole season, I don't see him. I, I don't see him up to par to play MLS games yet. Yet, yet, that can change throughout the season. Yeah, of course. But you need him to gain that experience if you go on to play 50, 55 games in nine months. Yeah, you just you just need that. That's more than one game per week that you're averaging. Well, he's going to get time this season. Yeah. I just don't think he's MLS starting material. If you have a full roster, I don't think so. At least not yet. Yet. I would love to see him play a lot this season. Maybe not in uh, certain important matches. But if you could put him out there against Colorado to guard Cabral, I mean, I'm down. Right. What about you, Edgar? Uh, like I, I, mean, I, mean, I already said what I game. said about about Jalen Neal. I just hope that um, he he grows into the player we all uh, expect him to go into. Um, the fact, you know, it it's interesting what what's, what Adrian said about him not being aggressive enough. Uh, as you know, in that position, you, you have you have to be uh, you have to be able to go shoulder shoulder with some people who aren't going to be the nicest, who are going to do you know something dirty or underhanded to try to knock you off your game yeah. and 
you have to be you have to have that Danny Pena mentality. If if, <laughs> if you don't you guys don't know who he is, he was a one yeah. of the original Galaxy players, and that guy was a beast. He, he was, was not meant monster. to be a professional player. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, he was a monster. That's what I'm saying. Just hey, I remember, foods. like, when I used to, when I would talk like to him Robert in the locker room, he would always teach me about some of his dirty tactics, and I was like, holy crap. And then later on, I went out to use him, and I'm like, that shit works. Yeah. <laughs> One but, good example uh, is his header. Mm. Jalen Neal had a foot on that guy when they uh, back posted, maybe like 10 minutes to the game, mm-hmm. and he just didn't use his size. He got, those, are, those are things that he'll learn yeah. throughout the season. But that, that's an example that I'm talking about. Yeah. That moment, that ball was in the air long enough that he overjumped it. You know, he could have just shoved that foot out of the way, taken his time, and literally just headed it in. Yeah. Is is this something where you have like you have him spend an entire weekend with Dan Kalishman up in the woods, like learning how to kill things? <laughs> you know, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. But um as an LA Galaxy fan, I'm rethinking my stance. And yeah, Jalen Neal should just play already. If we're going to fucking crash and burn, at least let our future fucking develop. <laughs> at least give him a chance. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I have nothing against a kid. It's just, yeah. it doesn't seem like he's aggressive enough, but fuck it. Just throw him in there. Another player we got to see um, is Chris Mavinga. What you guys think? I didn't really. I was. It was neutral, from one to ten to five. I haven't really seen him be put in any dangerous position where we were, were like, you know, oh, an outstanding, outstanding defensive defensive player, or whatever. He was just there, I guess. He didn't mess up. That's one. I left in the eighty second minute. He came in like in the seventy ninth. No, he started. Mavinka started. The other center back that started oh, with Jalen. Oh, I was talking about, I think, uh, number 16, Vivi? Oh, yeah, Vinny. I was thinking about him. That was the ter- the former Toronto FC guy. Yeah, yeah he's solid. Yeah. Um, he didn't get caught out of position, communicated well with his wings. Like Edgar said, if... Since I was not, able to hear him. Yeah, if you're, <laughs> if you're not mentioning the defender, then he's doing his job. Yeah, bro, he, he did all right. Who's that? Uh, Very vocal. You can hear him. <laughs> One, you can hear him. You yeah, can, you can, can hear, hear a lot of things. With the ten people inside the stadium. <laughs> One player that does still kind of frustrate me is Raheem Edwards on the left side, bro. It up and all way, bro. <laughs> hey, what's the one thing we said uh, when we were watching? Like he's always playing, like he's a forward. He's always yeah. like running up in there and like. <laughs> and he Chewy did was a saying lot earlier, last year. Yeah, Chewy was saying earlier, watching the game earlier, that if there was a team that could counter us with speed, they could really wreck the Allegaxi on his side because he tends to stay up there a lot. I don't know if it's by design of what Vanny's trying to play with, but yeah, he leaves a lot of big spaces on that left wing. I told you guys after week one of last year, he's going to be a liability defensively, and he still is. There's games that he does show up, though. What was yes, the biggest complaint we had about him last year was that every Position. time that Julian would go up, he would also go up. Yeah. Well, now that Julian's not here, Lirio's gonna stay home. But it's because we gotta we gotta understand his position, his uh, role too. He he purposely is placed out of position by Vanny. Mm-hmm. That 
that little thing he does where he becomes like a defensive center mid mm-hmm. when the ball's on the opposite side, that's that's on purpose. Yeah. You don't you don't go out of position that often every game without the coach either benching you or correcting you, you know? Yeah. So he still has to figure it out. I like his game. It's just it's still a liability because it's his responsibility first is to defend. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So we'll hmm. see what happens. Yeah. Overall, today's wall of scores, uh, Marky Delgado scored a banger. Second half, I mean, oh, what get a you goal, man. See, look, that's a perfect example of what happened when those two defensive center mids weren't just camped out. Yeah. And Jovalich pulling Mark like that, that's very important. Because yeah. that's going to give everybody else an opportunity to either score or give an assist to for somebody else to score. And then that's going to open up Jovalich or Chicha in that same position. So I'm not worried about him not scoring. Yeah, yeah. I'm really I, I don't think so either. It's, we, saw that a, a, we saw that a lot towards the end of the season last year. Remember um, Brugman was scoring some really important goals down the down the stretch uh, because you had a lot of people hovering around uh, Chicha and Dejan. And yeah. then we had these guys step up and score those golazos. And then we just saw them right now with Marky. So it's, it's, it's a it's a good thing to keep in mind as we're going to head into the season that there's other ways to score goals, yep. not just the offense, right? And yeah. that's why that's why I don't mind it. Yeah. After I am, I went fully in on Dejan in that game. After that game that he came off the bench, they were already winning. He got the ball past the half, and he chilen out a pass to, to Efra. Efra. Yeah. For you to be winning, bro, and commit that much to a pass, like... I'm not worried about you. <laughs> like you're, you're coming here to win. You're coming yeah, here yeah. to play. You're you could guy. have easily just passed that back, parked the bus, kept possession, but nah. You took the chance between two defenders to just... Bicycle kick, yeah, assist, bro. let's just go. All in. <laughs> all right, One of the things that we also okay. got to keep in mind with Dayon is the fact that, you know, he's he's a chess player. So Good chess player, bro. Play chess, I can't um, even challenge him unless my rating is over 1,000 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. What I, was, what I was trying to say was like, you know, he's he's the kind of person that will will make a sacrifice for you know for something that he sees maybe two or three steps down you know down the road. So if he's not scoring goals, I mean, he's, so he's doing smart. something else to affect the game. Yeah, that's beautiful. And in we one, have that in one our, game. He killed me in under a minute, <laughs> dude. And we have him as our <laughs> backup forward. He does some shit. I mean, I hope we're, I hope Cheech is okay. But if we don't have Chicha for the opener, I mean, I think we're good hands with Dejan, to be honest. Yeah, he's the future. Yeah. Ah, hey, tell us, tell us about that, that that chess game with him. Bro, he <laughs> killed me in like fifty-seven seconds. <laughs> he's rated over thirteen hundred. We've only played a certain amount of times because I can't stay over a thousand rating. That was a beast. So if you're under a thousand, like I can't. If somebody's like five, six, seven hundred, they can't challenge me because I'm too high. Yeah. Same thing with him. If I'm not over a thousand, I can't even, I can't even play a friendly. <laughs> I really can't. Like you could go ranked and unranked. I can't even unranked play him, but unless I, I get over a thousand. I think he or his team won a chess tournament during the off season in Europe. I wouldn't Damn. doubt it. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> anyway, you guys want to go some awards this time or wait for the actual season to start? Yeah. No, this. Chewy, what you yeah. think? No awards or awards? 
No words yet. <laughs> All right, <Come> cool. <laughs> Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody listening to us, next week, the LA Galaxy take on the Los Angeles Fuchi Club <laughs> at the Rose Bowl on February 25th on a Saturday. There's been a lot of hype around this game, supposedly. Well, before a lot of the boycott stuff went down. Is there a lot of hype to it now? Uh, Do you guys think there's a lot of hype? Because for one, <laughs> we were already going to go in there outnumbered. Uh, they're coming off a first championship. They want to show and show off their one star on their jersey. They were already going to come in numbers. Now with this whole boycott thing, uh, it might be a little lopsided. So how do you guys think it's going to go? Shit show. Shit show as in before the match, during the match, <laughs> and after the match? I don't know how <laughs> they're going to keep 70,000 people on check. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been to an event, to uh, the Rose Bowl, <clears throat> there's very limited security in between parking lots. Oh, yeah. And there's some parking lots that are about a mile away. Where it's going to be inevitable for large groups of rival jerseys to interact after drinking for I don't know how long. Damn. The only reason I want to show up early is because I don't want to sit in traffic for two hours to get in. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do for three, four hours there. Take a nap. Nah, that's <laughs> I am not going to take a nap. What about and you, Andrew? Yeah, uh, if Thursday's event was a good litmus test of how current management is running things, uh, calling this upcoming match a potential shit show is probably being very uh, uh, generous, <laughs> especially when you multiply you know, all the parameters and all the logistics that go into uh, a game of this magnitude uh, with so many people uh, being brought in. I, I always tell my wife, you know, I really, really hate large groups of people because large groups of people will always do stupid things. And especially when you involve alcohol and you have people that automatically already distrust and uh, dislike each other. Oh, goodness. That's why week in, week out, we've been telling people on here, like, Anybody talks, you know, some shit to you, just, you know, play it cool, play it cool. Let it go you know, this time around. Let it go, man, you know. Yeah. But uh, I think that, like I said, I, I, I don't, I have very, very low expectations. I think the only really, the only positive I see out of all this is just the coverage that Apple is going to provide, uh, the Apple TV, because uh, we've seen it already. You know, we, we got to see last night's game. We've I've seen some of the stuff they have on there, and it's my somebody asked me hey what do you think about it i was like i like it it's streamlined it's not gimmicky at all um uh, we've seen how in the past some uh, broadcast uh team some some um, you know network broadcast will uh present at whether it's hockey or basketball or even soccer and they'll put so many graphics and so much crap on the screen that it takes away from the game and distracts or they, they, they try to gimmick it or try to dumb it down for the audience. And 
No, this is very streamlined. It's, it looks clean. Uh, they don't try to distract you from what's going on in the field. And the fact that we can switch over to the audio and listen to Joe uh, Tutino call the game, it's a big plus. The only unfortunate thing is uh, I've heard people complain about some audio issues and the fact that when you switch over to radio, obviously you're going to go from stereo or surround sound to monorail and, you know, but that's what happens. You know, it's radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's, I think that's the one positive. But other than that, I, I really don't see anything other than a shock Galaxy win being a large positive there. And even if Galaxy does win, oh, my God, <laughs> if you're a Galaxy fan and you're there and these guys win, Good luck getting out of that place without somebody telling you something or doing something or throwing something at you. I'm ready. <laughs> so, <laughs> Good luck so most spending. of us have. Are you going again? Yeah, I hate the venue. Oh, but... que Dios te bendiga. Right, bro. <laughs> Put some blessings on you. Put some holy water at you from you here. Crest over everything else. Yeah. Well, so we all have them. The LA Galaxy losing, right? No. Is that like a, you don't have them losing? No. Uh, I don't mind if they lose this first game, but the fact that this first game is at a big venue like that, when your roster is incomplete, facing the defending champs, and then with all the outside stuff, like the boycott and stuff going on, it's, it's kind of bad timing. This roster, from what it looks like with the, uh, I guess with the new Brazilian kid coming, um, Tyler Boyd, uh, and maybe other players coming in. Yeah, if they lose, they lose. You don't win. The t- I think I got this shit from you guys. You don't win the title in the se- in the beginning of the season. You know, you make a run towards the end where you could get into the playoffs, and then you make that noise. So right now we have till April twenty fourth to see what this roster could look like. It's unfortunate that we're not gonna be able to see it in where I think. MLS really started, which is the Rose Bowl. And, but, you know, whose fault is that? Nah. <laughs> All right, guys, Yours. I have something else I want to ask fault. you guys. Yes. I want to ask not just the, you guys in the studio, but also the, anybody on YouTube that's following along right now. Who do you think, who do you think has more pressure on them going into this game to come out with a positive result? You think it would be LA Galaxy because they're the ones that set this up and – uh, they're the team with the the history and the five stars, and this is our ancestral home. Or do you think it's LAFC who come in with like, hey, look at us, where you know we got the cup and we have the crowd, and you know we're gonna stomp you guys into the ground and you know rub your face in your own dirt? Who do you think has more pressure on them to win this game? LA Galaxy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I would what say the other galaxy as well. I'd like to hear what everyone else has to say. What do you guys think? The yeah, everybody right on right on the chat. Uh, we do have some questions before we take off. A couple questions. Okay. Yeah. So let's get right to them. On Instagram, Dr. Phil96. When are we getting the winger? Ephra is not it. Do not talk shit about Ephra. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I really da, hope da, he gets da, it together. Da. Yeah, I really hope he gets it together and he gives us the most solid year in his career where he can make the jump to Europe and get significant minutes out there and play for his national team. I want that, Efra. I'm hoping we get some version of that, Efra. No? Yeah? yeah. It's when a, are we getting wingers? It's just a bonus. Uh, I, I'm banking on Tyler Boyd being the X-Factor. 
And with those four million from Julian's sale, I expect him to sign some DP before Klein comes back. A winger DP has to be young DP or senior. Doesn't matter as long as he can come in and make Just an get us ins- one. impact. Firmino, what's up? Let's go get that film. <laughs> I wouldn't care if it's Pavon again. <laughs> Damn, this Max. Can y'all have a poll asking if you're a regular supporter boycotting? Or a regular fan bullfighting. For real. We'll, we'll, we'll put a poll up. See what okay. that is. Whoa, we got a uh, special message. F- what? A special <laughs> message from Galaxy Outlaws. The supporter groups will have, will host a viewing party for the 25th. Nice. Details out soon. Nice. Cool. Bangarang77. Thoughts on supporters who are actively trying to sabotage the boycott. I will not ask you, Adrian, but I ask Edgar and... Uh, oh, yeah, don't do that to me either. <laughs> Damn, I'm not question? trying to sabotage it. <laughs> I just have a very strong opinion about it. Yeah. Um, sabotage in what way? Have you guys seen anything that's been of that nature? I think maybe he's talking about like that guy that had the We Love Klein sign. We Love Klein. I don't see... I, I haven't seen any sign of sabotaging i think it's mostly uh, like twitter beef between people yeah trolling yeah. i think um, no there, there was um after during the during and after the event uh because i was i was tweeting about what was going on and i was like posting photos and not just me but uh, other people that were there like mike gray and josh guessman we were all posting photos about you know the, uh, the the protesters and we were we were calling it like it is we said you know this event didn't go down like we had hoped it would go. And there was somebody who got on, uh, so, some somebody was saying it was Vicky, Vicky some, some, some name. And uh, it was like a, definitely some burner account. And they were just going off on everyone. They were calling me out. They were calling out Mike Greya. They were calling out other supporters and just insults. And no, you're wrong. How dare you? You know, we, we got to support the team no matter what client, you know, this client, that. And it was just like, all right, uh, whoever this is, uh, this is not who they really are. And they're just there trolling, like 100% trolling. Yeah. Honestly, uh, as far I, as the I guy, think, I think some sorry, people that spoke. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I think I, I, some uh, people that have spoken for the boycott are actually sabotaging it more than the people that are just straight out against it. Because you have some of these guys who are saying they're going to boycott and then post pictures of their new jersey. Or at the game talking about, oh, I'm with you guys, but then post a picture at the game. I mean, there's people aren't. Okay, so we had Samoa Bob on here and Manny and Alex from Outlaws saying that people go to the games. I mean, their main thing is just to put in what they feel has been what's wrong with the club out there. And then people just, you know, either follow us or, you know, which is, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's, it's frustrating to a lot of parties. Let's just say that. Logan Jones. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was going to finish. My thought was, I know the guy who brought the, that sign that says that supported Chris Klein. And I, I reached out to him um, and I told him, hey, you know what? Here on Nag, we're, we're we're willing to let you have you know, have the mic, explain your stance, because we feel that if you wanna you know ex- 
you know, support him for whatever reason is, and you have a very solid reason why, then come on and say it. And, you know, we're going to treat you with respect and give you the, you know, the audience that you need and never respond. I wouldn't give that guy the time of day to explain. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, we, we, we get, you know, if, if somebody is going to be that adamant about something, you got to give them a reason to speak their voice and, you know, say their side. Because I, I, as uh, me as a reporter, I try to make sure I get both sides of the story so that we, we have a clear idea of what we're talking about so that nobody stumbles over their words or says something that's absolutely wrong. So I was willing to give this guy an opportunity to come forward and say something. He never responded. So that's on him. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, there's different ways. I, th- I've noticed that there's different ways people can boycott or support the boycott or support the protest. Um, and that is whether you don't show up to the games, whether you do show up to the games and are very vocal there, whether you show up and you hold up banners, whether it is that, you know, like, like, um, like Bryant was just, you know, pulling up uh, the poster. We saw a bunch of those uh, at the event, and uh, one of the—I mean, I, I met, I met, I ran into the outlaws, and they're—they're they're really cool. We we're, t- we we're talking about what was going on, and they're like, "Here, here's a, here's a gift for Eddie." And I was like, "All right, you know, if I get a chance, I will bring it down to the studio. I'll give it to Eddie." And unfortunately, Eddie's not there, but the poster is. I did the it. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you know, obviously we all support the, you know, what's going on. Um, earlier today, uh, I posted how this actually reminded me of how the Dodger fans united uh, and protested against Frank McCourt. And some people were quick to point out, oh, it's not the same thing because this guy had no money. Look, you had an owner who came in, took one of the, the most important franchises uh, in the sports American history, right, and and when, when it comes to the Dodgers, and they ran them into the ground, and some of the parallels are are crazy because this guy cut all the funding he could in order to make a buck, and that meant getting rid of like Dodger scouting and and the Caribbean, which the Dodgers had one of the most important scouting departments in in Dominican, for example, and he also cut costs wherever he could, where it was, uh, and and uh, in stadium concessions, whether it was and the cleanliness of the stadium, and also in security. And what ended up happening was Brian Stoll got his brains beaten out, you know, in the parking lot. And after that, that's when fans started to really pay attention, and they started boycotting Dodger games, and attendance fell to an all-time low. And what happened? They made such a fuss, and the Dodgers started pulling in such low revenue that Major League Baseball stepped in, and they forced Frank McCourt to sell the team. And in the end, the fans won. So it can happen. And we're talking about Major League Baseball. And obviously, MLS isn't like Major League Baseball because the teams aren't owned individually. The league owns them. But you, if you stick to your guns and you make enough noise and enough people do something, you're going to affect some change. I'm pretty sure MLS already knows what's going on. I mean, it's, it's important. I mean, they're not tone deaf. So keep it up. Keep it going. And hopefully we get to see some resolution sooner than later so we can go back and uh, doing what we love most, and that's supporting our club at the stadium. But for now, you just got to dig in. And that's the thing. It's like trench warfare. A lot of people forget, you know, that World War One was trench warfare, and it was horrible. It was ugly. And sometimes there are no winners, but at least you fight that fight, and that's what matters the most. So let's go. Yes, sir. Um, Adrian had it out, so it's only be just it. us who <laughs> answering the questions. But yes, you're right. I... <laughs> The boycott. Whoa, uh, I'm next to you. Yeah, the boycott um, is getting noticed. ESPN has picked it up. Uh, 
what what Hercules Gomez? What show does it come out on? Well, they picked it up. Yeah, and it's all Football over America's. social media. You know, it's picking up traction, and Cooligans have talked about the it. Cooligans too. have yeah, have cooligans. talked about it. So it's picking up traction, and it's it's getting heard. Uh, there's been reports out of you know that they're gonna weigh out wait out the the supporters. The front office is. Let's see who blinks first. I guess that's what it's gonna have to come down to. And from what I my understanding, uh, the supporters are are staying strong with this. So yeah, we'll see. And we'll see how it looks like. Maybe this game at the Rose Bowl is not gonna be telling of what it really is. Maybe the first game at Dignity Health Sports Park will will really feel what this boycott's about in an actual regular season game. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this plays out uh, um of course i'm gonna be watching it at home i'll be at that viewing party <laughs> that the supporters are gonna have for the 25th and then uh, we'll see from there uh we got yeah. logan jones with uh, oh, oh you wanted to say something okay yeah yeah just to give you some perspective on how things start uh when the first group of dodger fans began that boycott a lot of people laughed at them because there was only 75 people that showed up to that first protest and then it got to the point where the Dodgers were pulling in less than 20,000 people into a 56,000 seat stadium. So people were literally giving out. their tickets away. I remember like, I, I, one of my friends gave me tickets to that game and we, we were walking up into the stadium. And as we were walking up to the stadium, people were literally giving us tickets. And we were like, we, we, went, we went from like having tickets in the top deck to seats right behind home plate for free. <laughs> well, there it is. Um, Logan Jones with a... Three, well, two questions and one, one comment. Can we all gather the supporter groups to make the protests outside of the games bigger? Uh, I believe they're trying their best to do all that. It's just uh, there's a lot of folk that don't want to join them. And and that's okay, too. But if you are with the boycott and you do want to something about it, hit up supporters and be like, hey, what's, what's the move? Uh, can we join you guys and stuff like that? Just let him know what's up. He also says, when will our DP winger come in, especially on the left? We don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. We don't know. We won't know till the day of. So there's that. And last, he says, why are the security letting people sit in the supporter groups? Um, that I don't know. I haven't been to the stadium. Spenny just left. Can't ask him. Uh, for the most part, from what I've seen from the actual televised game on Apple to videos on Twitter and Instagram, those sections were pretty empty. So, yeah, and, yeah. and I mean, if they have uh, season ticket memberships, I mean, it's not like they closed down the area. Yeah. And it's, and it's general admission to, well, general admissions to the left and to the right, but. Um, your ticket actually says STM. All right, yeah. so. Yeah. Tony, be real. Touch on Vanny's comment about the boycott. Possibly not ending and Klein out. Huh. Should I read I'll, this? I'll say, I'll say my first. My, yeah, go ahead and read it, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you my initial thoughts. Okay. This is from Greg Vanny. Quotes. There's things out there that fans and supporters can impact, and there's things that they probably not going to impact. And so then it just becomes a distraction because it's not going to change anything. 
I hope that there's a, there's a resolution. What, hold on, what? <laughs> I hope that there's a resolution and that the support groups who are really important to all of us and the players find the right way, whatever the resolution is for them to show up because it's probably not going to be Chris Klein out. So. My initial thought is that he's one of the first, he's one of the only people in the entire organization that is being completely transparent about what's going on. And he's been a straight shooter from the very start. Uh, he's also uh, trying to be as realistic as possible <laughs> because, you know, maybe he's resigned to the fact that no matter what happens, things aren't really going to change in the front office. And right now, uh, one of the things that we've also discussed here is his focus as the manager of this club should be on making sure that these guys are ready, not just for that first game, but for the rest of the season. And who knows what conversations have taken place between him and, you know, Chris Klein or other people uh, in that office that we will never, ever know about. But this sounds like he's frustrated with um, what's going on. I mean, it's not, outward it's not like so blatantly out there that you know he's frustrated but you could tell that this is definitely uh in his mind and he just wants to make sure that his players are in the right headspace so that when they hit the field they can give results but yeah uh i don't i don't i mean i, I don't fall bonnie a lot of people were immediately jumping you know on, on like oh yeah if Benny's with them too like no no Benny's just trying to run the club he's trying to you know he's trying to do his job and if if this whole protest affects him, it affects the performance of the club, then he's not doing his job. So when we say we support the players, we also got to support the manager. Uh, you know, he's just trying to make sure that we have something good to cheer for, something good that makes us proud as fans. But obviously uh, what's going on in the front office is probably a distraction to him behind the scenes. Uh, what yeah. do you think, Chewy? Hello? I was going to say exactly what you said. Yeah, I think yeah. you hit it right in the note. He's just tired of people asking him about that protest. Yep. Who He wants to focus on what's on the pitch. He wants to win. He wants to put this team in a position to win their six. You know, he doesn't want to hear about what the fuck Klein is doing. And I mean, he it might have sounded harsh, but he's just being 100% real. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's going to be any type of compromise. I know Manny and Samoa Bob went on Eliezer House the other day. Uh, if you guys want to go check that episode, I think they talked to him about that. But, I mean, he just wants a coach. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. Anyway. Um, where was I? Trying to be real. All right. Ex-friend dog. I'm sad for Saturday's game. So are we. Yeah. <laughs> Staying Trucha. Who was doing the chant and V block during the Toronto game? Probably just some casual fans. It wasn't. I don't think there's anything to that, right? I mean, no. and at the end of the day, if they want to do it. Yeah, they're like, that's that's the right. It's it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He also I asked, remember okay. for some people, it might be the only game they can attend the entire season. Yeah. So there, there's that too. This, there's a lot of stuff t to this. Like, in, uh, there's a lot of layers. It's just I hope we can get something resolved because I would love to be in a stadium, cheering my team on or 
booing the opposition, whatever it is. It was something that we look forward to doing every weekend because we got to hang out with people that we like. So You know, one of the things that a lot of people don't want to talk about is an inconvenient truth. And we've heard that we've heard that term before, is that if the longer that this protest and boycott drags out, it's not just gonna affect you know the people in the front office, but it's gonna affect a lot of the people that work at the stadium, the ushers, the people in concessions. If nobody's there, if the crowds are so scarce, people are gonna start uh, front office is gonna start looking, hey, you know, where can we cut the corners? Where can we cut the fat? And they're gonna start probably like letting uh, people go whether you know it's temporarily or permanently because nobody's there and that's where it starts to get a little ugly so keep that in mind because like i said trench warfare is not a pretty thing yeah oh and manny on the chat said that even telemundo <laughs> got on top of the boycott so it's picking up traction um they the supporter groups are doing their thing so Hopefully something gets resolved. All right. Staying through chat also says thoughts on Galaxy saying supporters are bluffing because 70k tickets have been sold. Mm-hmm. That's not a bluff? No. No, well, I mean, <clears throat> there's two teams, right? I believe I do believe 70,000 tickets have been assigned. I don't know if 70,000 have been sold, but at least 70,000 have been assigned already, right? And there's a big difference because Galaxy and and Levas and AG, there's free tickets that go out, right? To family members, to press, to a lot of different types or a lot of different areas, right? There's free tickets that go out. There's actual seats for those tickets. So, I mean, 70,000 sold, don't think so. But seventy thousand, you know, assigned, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, if the all seventy show up, I don't think that's the case. But we'll see how that goes. Let's see. What is it? Pacoy Metal eight one eight. What are your guesses for how this boycott ends? Shit, too so, hard, too hard to even <laughs> shit. say. That, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a hard question. Like I said, there's been times of boycotts and MLS have worked, and you know sometimes you don't hear about when people, you know, tried and it didn't, it failed. But if Columbus Crew can make something happen, uh, why can't LA Galaxy? But okay. and it, I'm not saying they can It's not going to be easy. But one of the things I was talking to Brian about is. Client is so involved, you know, with the World Cup committee that I'm sure um, AX AXS, mm-hmm. right? They're yeah. gonna want to try to be involved with the World Cup for tickets, right? So we might not see something till the World Cup is over. Or yeah, that I mean, he does have that too. extension, which wow. Damn. I'm still shocked that they haven't been able to talk to media about any of this or what is it? Uh, refuse to talk to the media about it. I mean, I don't know if we mentioned this last time that I guess Klein refused to do an interview with ESPN about it or somebody about it. 
wouldn't it be better if it's just for them to come out and say, hey, dudes, I'm not going to go anywhere. This is what the contract section is. This is what I am planning to do. Da, 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 da. But it kind of goes back to what I kept asking you guys, right? Because we don't know this, right? Um, Klein is suspended from soccer operations. Mm. So if it's talking about what's going on with a team, soccer operations, right? Is that part of a job? So, so he doesn't get more penalized. He can't. Yeah. He can't publicly or in front of a camera. He might be able to do it closed doors, but in front of a camera, he can't. How convenient. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's his that's his scapegoat, right? Yeah. If he doesn't want to talk about it publicly in front of camera, yeah, he doesn't have suspend to suspend it. Yep. So fuck you, supporters. Pretty says much, Klein. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, Uli Tuli, MLS season pass thoughts on the Apple. I guess that's what he's. I guess that's what he's trying to say. One little clunky thing that I saw, which I showed you, right when yeah. we're trying to replay the game. Mm. Besides that, I like it. It's simple. Yeah. Uh, the fact that we're going to be able to have the radio stream um, for that. I retweeted somebody that asked us about the, that uh, aspect of it. And hearing Joe Tutino, I mean, that kind of put a smile on our faces yesterday watching it, right? Uh, so I noticed it, that. It's only on the live. We weren't able to find it on the replay. Yeah, not so, on the replay. Yeah. If anybody has been able to catch that um, audio on the replay, let us know how you got it. But we could only find the Spanish and the regular English broadcast, yeah. not the radio. Yeah. And gentlemen, that does it for the questions. Before we do leave out of here, uh, Edgar was kind enough to interview two people at the Jersey launch party. We will have those reels out for everybody. Um, that way you guys could get a feel from people that were there. Uh how went how the event went and what they thought about it you want to premise it Edgar or anything like that um as far as uh, the interviews yeah uh, it was no it was just uh trying to get to my uh an idea of how people felt uh entering the event uh so I spoke to uh, this guy that was in line uh, next to me and he was talking about what he thought about the event and what he was hopeful for and then I spoke to somebody after the event and asked them how it went down and got their idea and um so you could see it before and after and yeah. uh, how people's attitudes were before and after the event. Uh, but overall, everybody was was very optimistic. I won't say positive, but just more optimistic uh, yeah. about uh, what was going down. Um, there's something uh, I wanted to share regarding AEG. By the way, if you give me a little bit of time. Um, on Twitter, uh, I, I'm also a Kings fan, LA Kings fan. And I've talked about how... Uh, the LA Kings are a, you know, part of the AEG family. And one of the things I've been noting on here as well is how both the Kings and the Galaxy, they, they both last won championships in 2014. And to see the, the direction in which both clubs have gone since then, uh, like I said, the LA Kings have stockpiled a lot of young talent they have made really big moves within the league. And right now they're just like one or two players away from being a very solid Stanley cup contender. And then you look at the LA galaxy and you look at what's going on, you know, with the front office and the protest and 
how the team has struggled to maintain a foothold uh, within a league in which they were, you know, considered the flagship. So I got into a conversation with another, with another Kings fan and we were discussing AEG and he pointed out some stuff about AEG that um, I either forgotten or that I just never realized, but I, I'm going to read you some of what he told me. He said, uh, as far as AEG, they're totally in it for the money. Their real motivation has and always is to own and build stadiums around the world. Philip Anschutz bought the Kings as leverage to get Staples Center built in downtown. For years, he had a self-imposed salary cap of $40 million. Well, more competitive NHL teams like the Detroit Red Wings and the Colorado Avalanche were spending north of $60 million. This is why the LA Kings lost big players like Rob Blake and Wayne Gretzky, who ended up wanting to be traded away. And this is one of the things that was a catalyst that brought about the NHL salary cap. And that's the only reason why the LA Kings were able to compete later on. And um, <clears throat> he said that, um, that Anschutz made it clear that he would not pay what it took for the Kings to be contenders and that he wasn't willing to make some of these players are really important to the Kings at the time, some of the highest played players in the league, even after they won trophies for their position. And that the only reason that the LA Kings ended up being competitive was due to the league imposed salary cap, which AEG was one of the main advocates for. And that Philip Anschutz himself, he didn't even want to grant interviews to the LA Kings reporters over 10 games for the first decade he owned the team. That's your owner. And this is how he treated the Kings. And the only reason that the LA Kings are contenders right now is not just because of the salary cap, but because the people they put into these positions as general manager and as club president are former players that really love this team. And they've been working their asses off to make the, the Kings a contender. So, well, there you go. That's AG for you. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who stayed up late with us. I know we went on uh a little later a little later than we usually do i know i'm all off of my game i can't even <laughs> speak properly i'm stumbling <laughs> on my words but thank you guys uh make sure to hit that like button right now because like that like button needs some likes <laughs> <laughs> also if you guys are going to watch this later on on the audio version we'll have that out as well and we encourage you to come to the live so you could talk all that shit on the live chat it always usually gets fun. From me, Bryant, Edgar, uh, Chewy. Oh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter as Bryant Nags. What about you, Edgar? Yeah, you can find me on um, Instagram and on Twitter as Edgar Nags Chewy. Uh, you guys can find me as Travis Ha, Travis J.A., pretty much everywhere. Uh, pretty easy. Pretty simple. And yeah, and then from us three... Uh, Shout out to Eddie. Hope you get better, dude. Uh, I know you're going through a little rough patch right now with your health, but uh, yeah, hopefully you get better, dude. And happy birthday! And uh, yeah, you know we'll be waiting here for, for you, bro. So yeah, with that from Chewy, Edgar, myself, Bryant, we are out of here. Keep on nagging. Keep, Keep on. on.